Well, so, first of all, I just want to say, okay, look around this room. Is this so wonderful? I'm not, it's for real, for real, yo. All of you sitting in this room are direct answers to prayers that we have been praying for you all summer. There's a, there's a steering committee that is made up of about eight women, and we met in June for three or four days and did a lot of praying and planning and all kinds of things. And you people have been being prayed for all summer long. And so for us, when we stood together and um, prayed before you guys got here this morning, we were literally like little kids on Christmas morning. We were so excited because we believe that every one of you, as you walk through that door, is like opening a gift. Some of you might have had a little bit of a hard time parking. And what a wonderful problem to have. We're working on it. It has not gone unnoticed, but I want you to know I understand what it takes to get to this room and sit in these different places once a month. It is a choice that you've made. It's a decision that you want to spend your time being with us. And for some of you, especially the ones that are new today, I want to say you have, you have made a brave choice. You have stepped into a room with a lot of you not knowing other people, and you're here. You made it. You did it. So thank you for for coming. Thank you for being here. One of the things that I have grown to love about this place is the friendships that I have made. And there's a lot of words that you can use. There's a lot of terms that you can use, like your posse, because, see, I'm so, like, culturally relevant. So, like, homegirls, stuff like that. But the word that just keeps coming to mind for me over the last few months is my tribe. Because I think tribe suggests something a little bit deeper. And I hope that when you guys come every month, that you begin finding those members of your tribe, the people that you can really trust, the people that are godly, and that we're not all perfect, but we're, We're encouraging each other to become who we need to be in Christ, both as his children and wives and mothers. And so this morning when we talk about marriage, this is just the preface to say, my hope for you guys is that you find people within your marriages, I mean within your tribe that are for your marriages. And you know the difference, right? There are the girlfriends that you know that you can call when you're mad at your husband, and they'll be like, "Mm mm-hmm, what a jerk, right? (laughs) And when you're really mad, those are the girlfriends you want to call. And then there's the girlfriends who are like, I think we should stop and pray, and you're like, no. (laughs) I'm too mad right now. Please, let me continue ranting. So you need to seek out the people in your community that are going to be for your marriages. Amen? Amen. All right. So 
I'm going to start off by saying marriage is hard. That's all. (laughs) You're welcome. You're welcome. Marriage is hard, and I remember on my wedding day just looking so much thinner and <laughs> no and um just the the fog the haze of naivete circling around me in this blissful state of constant joy and i remember when I was engaged, I had talked to a few married friends, and they were saying things like, you know, things can get hard, and some days I get so mad, I, don't, I just don't even know what to do, and I wonder if I've even married the right person. And I'm listening to all this, and I'm like, oh, you poor thing. You obviously do not share the deep and committed love that I have for my future husband. And then we got married. And it uh, all hit the fan. And um, somebody needs to turn that dang fan off is what I'm saying because it keeps hitting it. And if it's not on, it won't blow everywhere is what I'm talking about. So anyway, so I guess that's why when we got married, they did this little thing in the vows, that little tiny piece where they say the for better or for worse. And you're like, I do. Not having any idea how worse the worse can be. Right? And I joke, but also, I look around the room and there's pain here. We've been hurt. We've hurt other people. We've hurt people in, within the walls of our marriages. Um, and we have to figure out how to navigate through all of those different things and do it in a way that honors God and protects the sanctity of our marriage. And so, because especially... For the new ladies here, I just want to say, I get up and talk about marriage, but we, do, we go through the same stuff that you guys do. Uh, this week was really busy, and there were just those moments during the week where just me, 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 you know, just back and forth, and just tired and stressed out, and right now it's just a temporary season, but we have one car and two teenage daughters at home, and um, it's a little challenging trying to do transportation right now. And uh, because I am so spiritual, none of it bothers me. But my husband is, you know, not as mature. So anyway, so the other thing I want to say on top of marriage is hard and remembering that we took those vows for better or for worse and we want to protect the sanctity of marriage, the last thing I want to say is as Christians, if we say that Jesus is our Savior. He's the one we follow. He is our Lord and King. We have to remember, girls, that we serve a God who brings dead things back to life. Jesus, our relationships, our hopes and dreams, he takes us when we're at our most smushed down and crushed And even in those moments, he redeems those things in ways that we could not ever possibly anticipate when we're in the middle of them. So I want you to know, if you're sitting here today and you're thinking, 
that can never be my marriage. Please do not give up hope. Please come talk to one of us because I can tell you from personal experience in my marriage that God did amazing things. And I don't ever want you to think that it's a walk in the park for us somehow or that we have somehow some secret. But I'm going to tell you today one thing that will make a gigantic difference in you and therefore in your marriages. So if you open your book, uh, your magazine to page 8, we're going to just kind of read through those notes that I have there and touch on a few things. I had the verse um, at the end of the passage in Psalm 70, um, 78, and my verse was verse 7, and that verse is, then they would put their trust in God and would not forget his deeds but would keep his commands. So there's some specific words there, trust, not forgetting his deeds, which means remember, and obeying. And those sound so nice and simple, but let's talk about it. Uh, number one, put your trust in God. Being able to do that is the natural cumulative effect of walking with him day to day. Okay, It can't just magically happen. There is no magic trick. There are no three special steps. It is just a cumulative effect of spending time with him. So it's happened. I have had to buy dark. Okay, did you just see how I read that? I have bifocals, so I do, I'm doing the thing where you turn it and then you look up to see it. This is really not cool. But it's happened, and I've had to go buy this stuff, and it's dark spot corrector. How much can you use of this? I mean, can you dip your entire body into it? I want to know. But what do you think makes this stuff work. Any thoughts? Like, what is there something in it that makes it work? What is it? Any thoughts? Chemicals? Huh? Ingredients? Okay. Okay. Jen's like, what? <laughs> what about this one? Are you ready? Using it. If I never open this and I never apply it, and I don't apply it the way it says to for the number of days it's supposed to be applied, it's not going to work for me. And yea, verily, and thus and so, that's how it goes with the Word of God. If we never open this, ever, and we never apply it to our lives, we never take a moment to read it, we never stop and pray and do all those things that Sarah and Vicki have talked about this morning, same deal. So, number one, to be able to trust in God, and let me say, we need to trust in God first, not our husbands. Amen? And that's not because they're all just a bunch of big jerks and we can't trust them. That's because God is the one who deserves our trust. When we trust in him, he gives us the ability to deal with all the other things that are going on in our marriages and our homes. So we need to trust in him first. Now, the Bible is prescriptive. And what that means is it, is it is designed to be taken as a whole course. 
How many of you have done the deal where you take the antibiotic for part of the time and they're like, I feel good, and then you don't take the rest? Just like that, the Bible is prescriptive. And in order for it to work the way it's supposed to work and be effective in our lives, we have to take that whole course, everything in it. We can't skip the parts we don't like about obeying God or submitting or not gossiping. We have to take it all. And so I want to encourage you to, to find a way to be about doing that. If you're new to the Bible and you, it, it's just a mystery to you, you can't understand how to read it, what to do with it, talk to us. Come talk to some of us. Let's find a way to teach you and to get you into God's Word so you know how to read it and not only just read it but apply it in your life. So that's the first one, that trust is a cumulative effect of the time that we spend with God and his word. Number two is do not forget his deeds. All through the Bible, God talks to his people and he encourages them after major events to build an altar of remembrance. Now, is that so God can remember what happened? Thank you. Hello. No, it's to, for, for us to be reminded for us to remember what he did. So he has us do those things. In Joshua, he says, these stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel. And I want to take one minute, and I want you to think through your life, your walk, and take a pen, write down just one thing or two things. What are the stones of remembrance in your life? What is a thing that you can point back to and go, I remember the goodness of God, and this is what he's given me to do that. Think about that for one minute. We do those things. God gave us those ways to remember him because he knows that we're dumb. And he knows that we forget things. Have you ever read the book of Exodus with the Israelites and the constant miracle making and then the constant, and I'm hungry and I'm and he's like literally dropping food from the sky. Food is falling from the sky. And they're like, I don't like this guy. This is gluten-free. And so he's like, all right, you don't like that? Okay, I'll just give you birds so you can have meat. I'm like, yeah, but it's not my favorite. And so he does, like, aren't you glad that's in the Bible? Because isn't that us? We're like, oh, I just, if I just had this car or this house or that outfit or this thing, and it's a constant, and that's that's because we are like the Israelites. And yet, having that in common with the Israelites, remember what they are. Who are they? They're God's chosen people, and that's us. Okay, so lastly, keep his commands. His commands are the way to a life of peace and contentment with Christ first and Christ alone. And this is tough culturally to decide you're going to live in a way that honors Christ first. And that's different than just being good people. You can be a great person and not know Jesus and be completely lost. And that's not what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about being godly people. 
We have to live out these principles day to day. Our kids need to see it. And there's this great passage. It's in 1 Samuel. It says, do you think all God wants are sacrifices, empty rituals just for show? He wants you to listen to him. Okay, so he doesn't care how busy you are at your kid's school or how many times a week that you do special things or how you post about all your random acts of kindness. If he doesn't have your heart, those things are worthless. You can be busy doing nothing. So what we need to do is be about the business of getting busy in our relationship with Jesus first. I want to encourage you as we're like cranking that machine back up of school and activities and all those things. Number one, Jesus first. Focus on him and his, your relationship with him first and foremost. Number two, in your marriages, remember, you need to have energy. And it's especially challenging when many of you sitting in this room spend 18 hours a day doing this trying to keep people from electrocuting themselves. But it's okay, because once they get to be teenagers, it's so much easier. (laughs) You get so much more rest. Um, You have to save some energy for your husband. Somehow, you have to reserve a part of your heart that nobody else gets into. Not, Not anyone else except Jesus, but not your kids. You're not married to your children. Do you hear me? You're married to your husband. And long after your children grow up and move out, it's you and your hubby. So, Jesus first. Reserve that time and that energy and that little special part of your heart for your hubby and your hubby alone. And then, when those things are in order, I promise you that you will be able To do these things, trust God, remember what he's done, and be able to keep his commands. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. We cannot do this stuff without you. So Lord, help us to quit trying so hard. Help us to relent and trust that you are in control. Help us to take the whole dose of who you are and your word and swallow all of it so that we can be healed from the inside out. Lord, I pray for every marriage that's represented in this room. God, I pray that you would protect these families. We know that we live in a world that loves to see that unit destroyed and at odds with each other. I pray for the marriages of the folks here sitting here that are in trouble. Lord, I pray that you would work in miraculous and amazing ways like I've seen you do over and over again. And God, finally, I thank you for these sisters, this very, very special tribe, and I ask that you would bless them for their desire to know you, that that everywhere they look today, that they would see your face and be reminded that they are the daughters of the Most High God of the King. In your amazing name we pray, amen.